Hi, my name's Samuel Finlay, and you're listening to the Aces Podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with Aces Chief Investigator, Professor Simon Moulton from Swinburne University. We chat about his role within Aces, his unique journey to study science and become a professor after spending a number of years in the Navy, his love for cycling, and much more. So let's get to our conversation. So I'm chatting with Professor Simon Moulton on the podcast today. Simon, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. So how's life been at the moment? Obviously a little bit different with the COVID situation. How's things down in Melbourne at Swinburne? Yeah, look, things are a little bit crazy. Um, I've been working from home for about six weeks now, so I'm, I'm sort of over that. But, um, but you know, I, I can work from anywhere. And the students, look, it, took, it was good for the students in a way. They had to sort of step away from the bench and it gave them an opportunity to sort of look at what they're doing research-wise and write the papers and write the reviews and all of those sorts of things that students sometimes don't want to do because they just want to be in the lab working. So. You know, whilst it's a real unfortunate situation to be in, um, I think all of my students have actually used their time wisely. But they're now starting to trickle back into the lab, so they're they're uh, getting a little bit um, more active now in the research. So you're an ACES chief investigator and a professor at Swinburne University. What do those roles exactly involve? Um, so I'm the node leader at Swinburne. So I originally was at University of Wollongong when the Centre of Excellence uh, was funded. And then I was offered a position at Swinburne and we moved down and then Swinburne became a partner institution of ACES. Uh, and so my role down there is to basically lead all of the research activities that Swinburne are doing uh, that uh, meet the ACES milestones. Um, and that, and I do that through um, having five PhD students down here in a postdoc, and also engaging in other aspects of ACES as well, so in communication and training and and hosting uh, full centre meetings and things like that. So I have um, responsibilities to the students and the postdocs and the research, but then I also have the administrative side of that as well. So let's just jump back to your background, I guess, and where it all sort of began. Why did you originally decide to study science and, and chemistry more specifically? Well, my, my, my journey to, to academia is probably not standard. I, I actually grew up in Wollongong and, and went to Wollongong High School and, and uh, left after year 10 of high school and joined the Royal Australian Navy. So I was in the Navy for about eight years. Oh, wow, then, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, when I left school, I had no ambitions to be in academia at all. Um, I wanted to, you know, I got a trade and travelled the world in the Navy for eight years and then circumstances changed and I, uh, and I left the Navy and didn't know quite what to do. And um, so I decided I'd go back and get my HSC, high school certificate, and, uh, and then found my way to Macquarie University where I did an environmental science degree. Um, I, didn't imbo- I didn't really enjoy the environmental side of it, but I enjoyed the, the science chemistry side of it. So I did my undergrad at Macquarie University and then my plan after graduating was to go overseas for a bit of a holiday. But my, um, my electrochemistry lecturer suggested I um, do a bit of a summer scholarship in the meantime between finishing and heading overseas and, and suggested I go and talk to uh, Professor Gordon Wallace in Wollongong and see if I could get a... Um, a summer scholarship um, to tide me over before I headed off overseas, which I did. I applied 
they rang Gordon and came down and had a had an interview with Gordon and um, he got the summer scholarship, and that's where it all started really. Um, because I discovered research, you know, I didn't really even know research existed coming out of undergrad. Um, so yeah, so I did a summer scholarship and then liked it so much, and then I applied to do my honours at Wollongong in science. I did my BSc honours year at uh, Wollongong, and then during my honours. I sort of got to know more about what this PhD caper was all about, and it was really appealing because I loved the research. And so then I applied for a um, PhD position with Gordon, and uh, and got that. And then um, spent the first six months uh, of that overseas um, in the USA, working with a, uh, a legend guy called Ray Borkman, and uh, did some early work on carbon nanotubes over there when he was at um, in New Jersey at a place called Allied Signal. Did that for six months, came back, and picked up the PhD again and um, and finished it off at Wollongong Uni when we we're still up on main campus. So that's sort of where I journeyed to end up with a PhD. Wow, and what trade were you doing when you were in the Navy? So I did a, what they call a Boilermaker, boilermaker Fabricator uh, apprenticeship. So I did two years out of their apprenticeship base out of Blacktown. Um, back, I think I joined in 1983. So you know, we, I joined the Navy and went further away from the ocean than I was at Wollongong. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I did two and a bit years out there and then I did uh, did a few years on, on a ship out at sea to finish off my trade. Um, but the, the reason I got out of the Navy was I had a, had a push-bike accident and so I was medically discharged, which meant that I couldn't actually do my trade. So that's why I, I decided I'd go back to high school and get my HSC and, and go down a, um, a more academic path. So had it not been for that uh, accident, I guess, do you think you would still be involved with the Navy today? I don't think so. I don't think so. I actually sort of keep in contact through people I joined up with um, through Facebook and there is one guy in our class, we had a class of 12 and there's one guy that's still in the Navy and so he uh, he joined in 83 when I did and he's still serving, which uh, which I take my hat off to him. Uh, but no, I don't think I would have been in. I think I would have found something um, to occupy my time, um, you know, you, you can do pretty much twenty years into the in the navy, and then you you can retire with with some sort of pension. So I probably, yeah, I don't know to be honest. Um, I knew I was going to do ten years, but then after my push bike accident, the navy medically discharged me after eight, so I, I sort of didn't have any option. So you mentioned first you went to the to Macquarie University. Um, for yeah. that Bachelor of Technology. Why did you decide to, to go there rather than University of Wollongong to begin with? Well, because I joined the Navy and left Wollongong as a young 16-year-old, I, I sort of was living in Sydney at the time. So when I got discharged out of the Navy, I was living in, in Sydney. And so I just applied like everyone uh, after doing my HSC to do all the different courses. And the one that I was offered was uh, the environmental science one at Macquarie. So, so that's why I took that. So I, I didn't even apply for Wollongong University because I was, I was living in Sydney. Okay. And then, you know, moving forward to your PhD, what was uh, your project and your thesis about? So my project, were, my PhD was funded out of an ARC linkage grant um, with a company called Polar Technics that had the linkage grant with Gordon. And it was to develop a new system for cervical cancer detection. So they would, so Polar Technics were developing a electrochemical based sensor um, that was able to detect abnormal tissue 
on the cervix and they were able to match that abnormal electrical signal from the tissue of the cervix to a, uh, to a different grade of, of tissue type uh, from normal tissue all the way through to cancerous um, tissue. So they were developing that, that system and my role in my PhD was to understand the electrochemical signals from tissue um, in that environment because it's a very highly mucous environment so you get a lot of protein absorption onto electrodes and things like that which changes the impedance and electrical properties of the electrodes so they wanted to actually see if they could extract the changes in the electrical signal from the tissue caused by this protein absorption and therefore be able to sort of you know grade or classify the cervical tissue better so you mentioned uh, finishing school in year 10, but prior to that, did you have like a, somewhat of an interest in science um, back then? Um, sort of. I suppose if someone said what was, what was my most favourite subject at school, it would be science and then PE. So, yeah, so, um, so I did. And, and, and you know what, I think the reason I enjoyed science was because we had a really good science teacher um back back in the day and and you know out of all the teachers i only remember two teachers my english teacher and uh my science teacher mr dooley um i don't even know if he's still alive but yeah um he, he was just really passionate about science and um whilst i whilst i wasn't an, an, an outstanding student i was always middle of the road I, I did always enjoy going off to um to science class so I think that's where it, it, it's sad. And then obviously when I went through, when I did my HSC after leaving school, I think I'd been out of high school, out of school nine years before I went back and did my HSC again at TAFE. Um, I really did enjoy the chemistry. I did chemistry and physics. I enjoyed the chemistry at my HSC level. And I also enjoyed uh, geography. So that's where I went down that whole sort of environmental science theme for my uh, undergrad. Right, and it was always chemistry that you were pretty interested in after doing that Bachelor of Technology and then you know, yeah, being passed yeah. on to, to Gordon? Yeah, it was. It was. So, you know, obviously, obviously with an undergraduate degree, you know, I don't want to sound cynical here, but you remember what you need to remember for three hours of an exam. You regurgitate it onto an exam paper, then you forget it and you move on to the next thing. And that's why I was glad to see the back of my undergraduate degree because I just, that's not how my brain works. Um, if I want to retain things, I, I, I have to actually be practical and hands-on. And I think that's why when I discovered research with Gordon and the guys, I really was, my eyes were wide open to it. It was like, this, this is amazing. I love the fact that you had no idea what the day entailed because you were going to start an experiment in the morning and hopefully it worked. If it didn't, you had to try and figure it out. So it wasn't all this, it wasn't all about cramming all this information into your head and regurgitating. It was about, okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? All right, I'm going to go and try and figure that out. So you go and have a look in textbooks, you read papers and you go, oh, okay, maybe it didn't. So it was a very more organic way of learning for me and I think that's why I took to research so well and and also also the people around you you know I, I, I when I when I eventually left Wollongong University left Gordon's group I, I remember saying when I left I said look I started with Gordon as a, a doing a six-week summer scholarship and then 16 years later I left yeah, wow you know, because it's, you know, the science is exciting, but, but um, unless you're surrounded by really good people, it, it, 
it can get a little laborious. And so I think it was that magic mix of really good research, but also amazing people um, that were great, great minds and great scientists, but, but, you know, really good people as well. Good people you can go and have a beer and a laugh with, you know. Um, so it was a really good environment to work in. So you mentioned there staying on after finishing your PhD for you know many years. Obviously, you worked on a lot of different projects throughout that time. What were maybe some of the, your highlights? Uh, without a doubt, the highlight would have been working with um, Professor Graham Clark for for a few years on on multiple projects. Um, so Gordon obviously had a very close and still does have a close relationship with Graham. And so one of my early projects after finishing my PhD was um, working on developing drug delivery systems for the, for the cochlea using conducting polymers and understanding how to make those materials, how they apply to delivering neurotrophic factors for the cochlea. Um, and, and, and again, it was, it was probably one of my first introductions to um, sort of multidisciplinary collaborative research. Uh, I did obviously have a taste of that during my PhD, being an industry-related PhD. But you know, uh, with Graham, I was able to go down to to Melbourne and um, and work with Graham in Melbourne, um, work with his team, and then some of their team would come up. So it was it was a really interesting project, really fascinating. So that that would be, and it still is probably one of my standout highlights of uh, of my sort of postdocing uh, life after my PhD. So after that time at UOW, how did the opportunity at Swinburne come about? Um, well, it was it was sort of uh, it sort of came out of the blue, really. Um, so during not long after I finished my PhD, I applied and, and was lucky to get a uh, ARC Queen Elizabeth uh, two fellowship, a QE two fellowship, which were you know quite prestigious and well, they don't have them anymore they were very prestigious at the time so I got a fellowship for that which which was a five-year fellowship and I, I did that and I actually did that with Gordon and Mark Cook on some drug delivery for epilepsy um, finished that fellowship and then then obviously I had a continuing appointment with the university but then I started looking at other fellowships and uh, started looking towards NHMRC fellowships and Gordon suggested that maybe I have a chat to Mark Cook and see whether or not we could run the NHMRC fellowship uh, from Melbourne Uni. And so I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. That that may work. And and so one thing led to another and I spoke to my wife and we thought, well, you know, maybe a move to Melbourne would be something nice. You know, I'd been at Wollongong for a long time and, you know, change is as good as a holiday, as they say. So um, so so I, we, I committed to it. I wrote the fellowship and put it in uh, through Melbourne and what have you. But unfortunately, I didn't get the fellowship. But at the same time, a, um, an ex-University of Wollongong dean, a guy called um, Don Iverson, uh, who used to be the head of uh, University of Wollongong Emory, he had moved down to Swinburne University to be the inaugural dean of one new faculty down there. And he heard that I was looking at moving and, you know, had a meeting with him at Diggies at North Wollongong and the Don made me an offer I can't refuse. And so, uh, so that was my, my um, decision to move down to Melbourne, to Swinburne. And how did you find the move down? You mentioned Diggies there. You're moving away from the ocean to, to Melbourne and the, and the city there. Yeah, look, it was exciting because obviously with all the work with Graham and all the other connections we'd made at St. Vincent's Hospital, I spent a lot of time down, I think, Gordon and I spent many time going down on the, uh, the, the Qantas link out of Albion Park for, for one-day meetings down there. So I was pretty familiar with Melbourne and I knew I'd love to live in Melbourne um, and, and also had a lot of um, 
close friends down there, Rob Capps are in there, the Quigley, Mark Cook and all of those. So I knew I'd be going down to, to a friendly environment. So it wasn't too daunting. But, you know, having sort of, well, I, 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 we, I moved to Wollongong when I was two and left when I was 16. So I spent a long time there and a lot of time when I'd come back. So it was leaving was, was it was bittersweet, but I knew I was going down for a new adventure. And, you know, and I was obviously uh, going down. I was leaving Wollongong as an associate professor in the position down there was a full professor position so it was a great opportunity so leaving was bittersweet but but I, I sort of had the best of both worlds too because I was still part of the center so it was like I could move down to Melbourne I can you know start my own group at Swinburne but I don't have to leave all the connections from Wollongong which is something I was really reluctant to do and it, and I didn't do that and I still haven't do that I worked with Gordon and the guys very closely sure. um, so so to me it was it was just a bit of a no no brainer and also in in terms of my family life it was about the right time the kids were at the right age my wife was um, you know in her career she was sort of looking for maybe something different so so it was almost like the perfect timing of the opportunity so you sort of mentioned what your current roles involve but what would be your favorite aspect of your job at the moment um that's a, that's a good question but i still really enjoy I still really enjoy being involved in the research. Like obviously as you work through the, the different levels of academia and you move up to a social professor and professor, you tend to move further away from the bench, you know, in terms of having a lab coat on. But, but coming down to Swinburne and starting my group down there um, and having them all part of ACES meant that I had to sort of, you know, still be involved in the lab work. So, so being involved with the students um, still is probably where I still enjoy get the big biggest bars you know there's a lot of administrative stuff that I need to do and all of that to keep the, the work going but it's those lab meetings and the student meetings that I have weekly um, which are the most enjoyable you know um, talking about the research planning the research looking at their data trying to help them interpret their data so again it comes back to what got me going on this whole journey and that was the love of doing research so what about life outside of work and research? What do you like to do in your downtime and what are your other interests? Well, I, I love push bike riding. It, it, it's ironic that uh, I was uh, almost killed riding my push bike many yeah. years ago. But I, I, still in love, I still really love just the, the freedom of getting on a bike and, and riding out. And where I live in Melbourne, you know, 40 minutes I'm, I'm out in the bush um up in the northern areas of melbourne and it's just beautiful so i find a lot of find a lot of peace and quiet riding my bike it's sometimes i need a little bit of mental health check and i use my uh, push bike and get the lycra on and go riding and then have a coffee so it's um that's that's probably well that is the only thing i do i used to do a lot of surfing in wollongong but um too far to go to the surf in melbourne and the water's too cold so push bike <laughs> a great substitute so this sort of ties into that question. It's something that I've asked everyone that I've had on. Do you have maybe a morning routine or something you do each and every day that helps you approach the day ahead? Yeah, I ride my push bike to work. I, I could catch a train, I could catch a tram um, to work, no problem. But I get on my push bike and um, if, I can get, if I go direct, it's about 10, no, 20 minutes direct, uh, but I never go direct because I use it that time to get my head right about what the day holds and, you know, uh, planning of the day. So that's my little routine. I get up, I walk my dogs in the morning, have breakfast with my wife and jump on my bike and, you know, 45 minutes I'm at work and um, 
feel really refreshed for the day. So that's sort of my routine. And I'm really missing that in, in COVID lockdown, you know. My 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 routine is, is all out of whack. Yeah, I bet. Have you been able to get on the bike much and, and go around the, the streets around town and go for some yeah. long yeah, I still do. I try to. I try to get out at least every second day on the bike for a couple of hours and uh, and and get back in time to sit in front of the computer. So yeah, I still I still do that. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that I don't use it as my mode of transport to my desk anymore, it, it sometimes is easy to sleep in. <laughs> so if you weren't doing research for a living, what do you think you might be doing? Oh, I, I absolutely have no idea. I, I really don't like, um, you know, when I, when I, you know, I left, I was at school, I left school, joined the Navy, I left the Navy and went into uni. So, you know, I had odd jobs in between and stuff like that. Um, but really, I, I don't know. I really don't know what I, I would do outside of doing this. I always, you know, I always tell everyone that I love my job and I do. And, and look, moving to Swinburne, I did have a very a, a change in my job because I'm, I'm now the more traditional academic role where I have a teaching load and I have also a research load and, I'm, and part of that teaching load is on the, the, the course director for biomedical engineering at Swinburne. And I, was, I, was, I must say, actually, being exposed to undergrad teaching has really uh, been an enjoyable process for me. I really love the teaching side of it as well. So whilst I'm probably have focused mainly on the research here uh, in this conversation, I really love the undergrad teaching. I've had to develop a couple of subjects to teach and uh, and, and being the course quarter now made and now means I interact with a lot of the undergraduate students doing environment engineering. So that's the new thing that I've I've been exposed to down at Swinburne. It's something that I really enjoy. But in terms of what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing what I'm and doing, uh, I, I couldn't say. There's nothing really else I'd rather be doing, to be honest. It looks like you made the right career decision then. <laughs> uh, definitely. I do joke to people that I'm still in contact with the Navy and I say being run over by a truck on my push bike was the best career decision I ever made. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, you've obviously had a very successful career in research. Wondering if you could maybe offer some words of advice for those people who are maybe starting their PhD or have just finished their PhD? Yeah, I think the biggest advice I could take, and this is some advice that I got from a mentor um, who, who sadly is no longer with, with us, Leon K. Maguire, who is a legend at Wollongong. Yeah, it, definitely. And that is to take every opportunity that's presented to you, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable in terms of maybe you might have to move somewhere or you may have to go on a project, take any opportunity. You know, um, certainly, certainly within ACES, there is more opportunities than you can possibly poke a stick at, uh, and you get to work with amazing people. So take those opportunities because you never know where those opportunities will take you, um, and um, and and it and it's all part. You know, whatever the opportunity take, wherever it takes you, you'll learn things along the way, and it's all what makes you um, who you are in terms of a researcher and just the way you interact with people. So it would be take every opportunity that comes your way and also, you know, don't wait for opportunities to come to you. You know, be proactive and, and get out there and look at them. And I think, I think going, you know, move, moving on from this coronavirus issue, you know, the academic sector is going to be hit really hard and is being hit really hard. And so opportunities may be a little bit harder to find um, over the next couple of years. So, you know, it, it's even more important to, to really 
you know take those take those opportunities when they arise and go looking for them as well yeah well said well that brings us to the end of the podcast thanks so much for joining it's been fascinating to talk to you and hear your story yeah, my pleasure. Uh, thanks sam I've, I've enjoyed the conversation and and uh yeah it's been a trip down memory lane for me which is great yeah no it's great to hear great to hear some things i didn't know about you so <laughs> it's been good to chat yeah thanks a lot sam thanks for listening to the aces podcast for more episodes like this one be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts you can also find more information about aces on our website electromaterials.edu.au there you'll find links to our various social media platforms and you can also follow me on Twitter, at Samuel Finlay. Until next time, thanks for listening.